0: Welcome to Massive Late Fee, and now your hosts, Mark and Carol. Well, hello everyone, welcome back to Massive Late Fee. My name is Mark, with me as always is that good old girlfriend of mine, Carol. How you doing,
1: Carol? Hey, what's up?
0: Not much, it is April 20th, 1996.
1: Yeah, it is.
0: It's an election year. It's heating up. It is. You don't think it's heating up? (laughs) Primaries. I mean, no one really cares that much about the primaries because it's a foregone conclusion that William Jefferson Clinton will be the Democratic nominee because he is the sitting president of the United States. And it's a foregone conclusion that Robert... I don't know his middle name. Dole <laughs> <It> will <won't> be <laughs> his opponent on the Republican side.
1: Well, I understand why it's a foregone conclusion that uh, you know Clinton will be, but why it'll?
0: Because he's got all. He's won all the primaries.
1: Okay. He's won all.
0: He's won pretty much all the primaries so far. But and everyone else is dropping out the
1: race. Okay, so I mean, like, yeah, I guess at this point. But I mean, just because yeah. it's primaries doesn't mean it doesn't matter. What? <laughs>
0: I started this conversation out by saying it's eating up. And you're like, it is. And then I explain to the audience why you might not care that much about it. And you're like, but it's very
1: important. Shut up. (laughs) It is important. Get out and vote, people.
0: (laughs) So this, uh, this first story ties into the fact that it's an election year. It says during election year. No issue is off limits. For someone who has spent his entire adulthood in public life, Governor John Engler, that's our governor in Michigan here, has always been an intensely private person. But he became a top, but then he became a top candidate for the Republican vice presidential nomination. Suddenly, Tonight Show host Jay Leno was telling jokes about how the Michigan governor ate his way out of the Vietnam air draft. Oh wow! And suddenly the press was telling shadowy, unsubstantiated stories about Ingler being unfaithful to his first wife.
1: I don't remember Ingler being fat. He, I met him. He is. Really? I mean, he's
0: he's a larger man. Like, he's not hugely fat, but he's larger.
1: Huh.
0: He's a larger and charger person. Okay. That was exciting for a minute. I, I mean, obviously he's not going to be the vice presidential candidate now, but it's exciting for a minute the michigan governor being a vice presidential candidate it's probably the only time that'll ever happen
1: yeah that would be exciting to have michigan represented way up high
0: all right only one michigan person's ever been president who gerald rudolph Ford.
1: ford of course
0: falling downstairs. motown
1: that's what they called him, Motown. No, no, but I'm saying, like, Detroit is Motown. Detroit right. is where Ford is, and, and you know, it's Michigan. He's not he's, related to the Ford stuff. Oh, well, then fuck, I don't know.
0: <laughs> Actually, what's funny is that's not even his real, well, that's not his birth name. It's his real name, but that's not his birth name. He's, I can't remember his birth name, but his dad left his mom when he was, like, a baby. Okay. And his mom remarried, and then he got adopted by the new stepdad, and formally changed his name to Ford.
1: Wow. Yeah. Alrighty. That's right. That was a little political journey to go on there, folks. Was it political, really?
0: The historical. It's, yeah, historical. That's better. You know what else is historical? You won't see Hispanics in prime time. Study says. Is that the reason? Is because they they stay up so late and they they're sleeping during prime time.
1: What? Hispanics! They're not sleeping during primetime. Primetime is like nighttime. What the fuck are you talking about?
0: Don't blink or you'll miss the... They're taking a siesta, right?
1: That's at noon.
0: (laughs) Freak. Don't blink or you'll miss the Hispanics in primetime television shows. Blink. That's the first sentence. I missed them. That was the conclusion offered Tuesday by the National Council of... La Raza, La which released a study of entertainment programs on networks and in syndication. In the real world, Hispanics make up 10% of the United States, but they make up only 2% of the TV world. That's, that doesn't seem like that glaring of a difference, does it? I don't know. I mean... Do you notice a lot of Hispanics on television? No. There's one on Walker, Texas Ranger, apparently. I
1: don't watch Walker, Texas Ranger.
0: Let's see. Of the 139 television series examined, only 18 featured a continuing Hispanic character. At least two of the series without regular Hispanic characters are based in states with large Hispanic populations, Walker, Texas Ranger and Baywatch, based based in Southern California.
1: Well, yeah, I think that's an error. I mean, if there's a large population of Hispanic people and they're not represented at all, that's a not right.
0: That's a not a right. <laughs> That's for the Italian representation. Okay, look, I don't, I don't
1: feel great today. I am. I'm here for you guys. I'm. I'm going to record this tape for you guys. But he is being mean to me and making fun of me, and I just feel like a Have lack of never support listened right now. To
0: our show. <laughs> That's all the show is. That's <laughs> uh, true. But I don't know, like, uh, I guess I've never noticed a lack of Hispanics in the media because I am not Hispanic. You're a white guy. Yeah, there's a lot of me on TV. (laughs) Right. But you are attracted to Hispanic guys. Yes. When you're not attracted to me. So, uh, you know, have you noticed a lack of Hispanic gentlemen?
1: No, because I wasn't looking. Like, I'll probably notice it now.
0: Do 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 we think that Lorenzo Lamas needs a show? Who's that? Lorenzo Lamas. I think he's a, a soap opera guy. I think mm. I don't know.
1: How about? Uh, I know the name, but how about um, George Lopez? What about him? Like that comedian dude? He should get a show. He sucks. He does not. I hate his comedy. Well, he hates your comedy.
0: If he had a show, it would be the worst show on television.
1: I think it would It'd probably be, worse be awesome. Then Step by Step. What about Seinfeld? isn't, okay. that,
0: isn't that Karen uh, a? Uh, isn't she Hispanic? Is she Mexican? No. What about Seinfeld?
1: Well, Seinfeld's a show that you know is like written by and starring a comedian,
0: Elaine Benes. She's Hispanic, right, Benes? No. Yeah. What about, so, what what are we talking about? (laughs) Yeah, there are shows that have comedians that are on them, like Seinfeld and Ellen.
1: But I'm just saying, I think it would be just as good as those shows.
0: I think you're insane. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) George Lopez is not funny. I think it'd be stereotypical. Wow. Yeah, that's his comedy stereotypical. Hmm. I think his family would own a Jeep and 75 of his cousins would fit (gasps) in.
1: That's what I think. Wow.
0: But that's not me. That's George Lopez's style of humor. What is George Lopez? Is he Mexican or is he Cuban? I I think think he's he's Mexican. Mexican, right?
1: Yeah, pretty sure. Well,
0: he's... Uh, he's very. He does very stereotypical jokes. I don't think he does the Hispanic population any favors with his joking... I
1: have to say that despite being attracted to Hispanic dudes, I'm not attracted to George Lopez. Because he looks he like has, a Mexican potato. He has a head the size of a St. Bernard. Right. It's, it's weird. He
0: does. Yeah. He's a weird guy.
1: I don't think he looks like a potato.
0: I think his face kind of looks like a potato.
1: Wow, that's mean. You're a mean dude. I am a mean guy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> not a fun guy. Everyone in the audience knows this that I'm a mean person, but not to them. You know what though? Only to me. Madonna has somebody inside her.
1: And George Lopez. Ew. Doesn't <laughs> she
0: always have somebody inside but her? But this time it's a baby.
1: <laughs>
0: huh.
1: Well, that's better. <laughs>
0: Madonna's pregnant. And there the puns don't stop. The free press is all over this, right? Maternity girl. (laughs) Madonna's with child. (laughs) Baby do in the fall. Uh, An immaculate collection of baby gifts.
1: So who's the father?
0: I don't know. (laughs) There's a line. (laughs) It's hard to imagine Madonna sitting around a VFW hall wearing a paper plate hat festooned with ribbons.
1: It's really not. But with
0: a baby on the way, a shower seems inevitable in the coming months. What do you mean? What are you talking about?
1: I can totally picture her sitting there with a freaking paper plate hat. You can? Yeah.
0: She doesn't seem like the type.
1: Because underneath all the makeup and the showmanship, she is a Italian Detroit Catholic girl. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and she is going to get a big party.
0: And what might you bring to a Madonna shower? Uh soap?
1: Why? It's
0: a shower. We realize that <laughs> any p- progeny of the material girl won't be wearing hand-me-down slippers or napping in a borrowed crib, right? But, just what do you buy the baby who could have anything happiness? Because <laughs> his mom is Madonna. <laughs> wow. Do you follow mom's lead and go for outrageous? Oh, Jesus Christ. What a fucking And they're not even talking to Madonna here. They're just talking to like so the the manager of Bellini Furniture in Birmingham. What
1: the fuck? They're just speculating about her possible baby shower that isn't even happening.
0: Okay, the the boys for the I guess it's a boy. Oh, will she name a boy? Oh, okay. No, it's it's what baby names. Okay. I don't know. We don't know if it's a boy or a girl yet. Uh so the father is Silvio
1: Tony Ciccone. Wow.
0: Silvio Tony Ciccone.
1: So uh, he's got to be Italian, right?
0: I would assume so.
1: <laughs> it sounds Italian.
0: He sounds like he's been dipped in marinara. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's obviously Italian.
1: Are they getting married?
0: I have no idea,
1: Carol. (laughs) Are they in a relationship? You're the
0: one that's the big Madonna fan. I don't keep up with her boyfriends. Well, I don't
1: keep up with, like, the tabloids, so I don't know what she's doing. I just know her music.
0: So, well, if it's a boy, will it share its name with Silvio Tony Ciccone? Or will a girl be named after her mother? Just as Madonna was making her Madonna 3. I didn't know that. I didn't know that she was named after her mom. Hmm. Her mom was also Madonna. She could go for names of the moment, Kristen, Brandy, or Tiffany. Lots of Tiffany's, Brandy's, and Kristen's being born, apparently. Or go the biblical route, Jacob, Seth, or Abraham. Or play off dad, Carlos Leon's last name. Leon. Oh, oh, her dad's name is.
1: Yeah.
0: Her dad's name is Silvio. Oh,
1: That makes more sense.
0: The father is Carlos Leone,
1: also Italian.
0: Yeah, probably. I forgot that her real last name is Chicconi.
1: Okay, that makes sense. But
0: yeah, that's her dad's name. <laughs> this is the weirdest fucking article ever. There's there's a picture of the dad. Okay. A profile picture of the dad. Looks like Rudolph Valentino. And amongst profile. That's all the news I have this week, Carol. Okay. Madonna's having a baby.
1: That having is exciting. A baby. Is it? It is. No more no more like a virgin, but...
0: <laughs> Don't you think that ship sailed a long time ago? <laughs> yes. I go with, uh, with Quentin Tarantino's interpretation of that song. That like a virgin's not about a wholesome girl. That's what True Blue's about. No. No argument there. But Like a Virgin's about a woman that has a lot of sex. Okay. And she has sex so often that she can barely feel it anymore. But one time she meets this guy with a huge cock. <laughs> and it, like, kind of hurts. Like, it feels good, but it kind of hurts like the first time, like when she was a virgin.
1: Interesting. Interesting. That kind of makes sense.
0: It does a little bit. Yeah. Especially the music video does, is not very virginal.
1: No, for sure.
0: And the way it's sung is not like a virgin.
1: No. And she
0: doesn't say she's a virgin. She says like a virgin. Okay,
1: yeah. yeah. Like a virgin. Well, I mean, she wouldn't convince anyone even if but she tried. for so. the
0: very first time. I actually think what that song's about is about, like, falling in love and, and like, the sexual experience being something completely different because, like, it's the first time because there's. Emotion behind it now, or something hmm. like that.
1: I like that. That that's nice. Anyway, it's romantic.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm nice. See, now I'm nice. No, I'm nice I didn't say you're nice.
1: I said that sentiment was nice. Uh,
0: well, it came from me.
1: You're still mean. All right. Okay,
0: I'll take that. So, so we, this week we watched two movies. We didn't we didn't watch a television show. No
1: TV this week at all. We
0: went out to the theater and watched a movie, and then we also. Went to Blockbuster and rented a movie. Which one do you want to talk about first, Carol?
1: Kids in the Hall. Why? Because we saw it more recently.
0: Yeah. We just got back from the theater a little bit ago.
1: Yeah. It was messed up.
0: Yeah. Go ahead. Tell me what you think about Kids in the Hall. Brain candy. Candy for your brain.
1: I mean, the premise was actually pretty interesting. Yeah. They come up with a medication that's supposed to cure clinical depression.
0: Gleaminix.
1: By pulling up the feeling that you have from your happiest memory and just keeping you feeling that way.
0: Which is weird.
1: It's it seems in like reality like it would be dangerous, like Yes. Like taking away somebody's pain sensation for a physical touch, you know, right. you could get hurt and not know it. I think the same holds true for emotions. You you need to be able to know that something is sad or scary or, you know, anything other than happy. Right. So.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think it would be dangerous.
1: But since it was done by kids in the hall, you know, it's just full of jokes and weird sketches and weird characters and.
0: But it also was dangerous in the, in the movie. Yeah. Team.
1: Yeah. Because then they got trapped in their happy memory. So I
0: didn't know what to expect when I heard that kids in the hall were making a movie. Because obviously it's a sketch comedy show. It's one of my favorite sketch comedy shows. I love it. And I thought, is it going to be a bunch of sketches? Is it going to, you know, because they've never done long form stuff. But it was, It did, it is a legitimate movie. They mm-hmm. sat down and they wrote an actual story beat by beat. It's a very classic three-act structure movie.
1: It's just... There are very many ridiculous things in it.
0: They play a lot of different parts in it because that's what they do. Yeah, and it's not improvised or anything like that. Like uh, you know, but but it's good.
1: It wasn't. It wasn't bad. I wouldn't go so far as to say good, but it wasn't bad.
0: Okay, well, tell me what 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 did you like? What didn't you like? I mean, break it down. Break it down.
1: Um. Wow. Alrighty. Uh, it down. Stop it. <laughs> I liked, um, like I said, the premise. and um, the premise. I didn't like how far they took some of the uh, sexual humor. Like, like what? Like the dad upstairs masturbating to gay porn and his kids can hear him and that, know that that's what he's doing. That's
0: absolutely Scott Thompson saying, I need to be naked for this. He you just, need just likes to, to be see, naked? You need to see my ass at least twice. In this movie, they were like, All right, gross, we'll write two sketches where we see your ass twice because that's what you want.
1: Guess what? Your ass is not that great. Just saying.
0: Wow. Well, you're also not a gamin, true, and that's who he likes. So,
1: okay, well, then I guess I won't hurt his feelings.
0: <laughs> no, I don't think so. If a woman's still so like, You're not that attractive, I don't think he cares. That'd be like a a guy saying, like, you're ugly. I wouldn't give a fuck what a guy would.
1: Also, the main doctor and the scientist lady that he has a flirtation with.
0: Kevin McDonald and Bruce McCullough.
1: Yeah. As
0: uh, Chris, Chris, not Columbus, but it's Chris Cooper. Chris Cooper. And I think one of the editors was named Chris Cooper or something like that. I noticed that in the credits and i was like oh that's cool that's probably named after him but chris cooper and i think i don't know i can't remember annie maybe was the character's name I
1: don't yeah know. i don't know but what, some, what about them? So they never kiss, and i think that it's bullshit <laughs> like they would have kissed if she was a girl and and they only I don't know about that the only reason they never kissed is because they didn't want to have two guys kiss because we all know it's really a guy dressed up as a girl
0: but they've they kissed on the show they have?
1: Yeah. Oh, I'll never mind then.
0: I take it back. <laughs> At least I think they have. I, I say that with, with great a great degree of confidence, but I'm not sure actually. Well, what that, the hell? <laughs> but yeah, in a mainstream movie, maybe that would be, I don't know. It seemed a lot like Mark McKinney was doing a um, Lauren Michaels impersonation. <laughs> Lauren Michaels produced the Kids in the Hall TV show. Produces Saturday Night Live. And if you've ever seen him on any sketches or heard him talk, he's he's Canadian. Like they are. They're all Canadian. The sketch comedy group. Mm-hmm. And he's like, uh, he, he talks like this. <laughs> well, that's not exactly what I think. And like the guy that's the boss talks like that. I think it's intentional.
1: Okay. Sounds like Sean Connery. I think he's... A, no, 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 no. Not when not Sean, you do it, it sounds like Sean Connery. Not
0: like Sean Connery. <laughs> I don't
1: like when you criticize my voices. I'm sorry.
0: But, uh, yeah, I... So, I guess my biggest complaint about this is there's just... There's not a lot of jokes. There's not a lot of humor. Really? I don't think so, no.
1: I mean, I agree there's not a lot of humor because it wasn't really funny.
0: That's what I'm saying. It's not... It's not super funny.
1: But I think they were trying at jokes the whole time.
0: I don't think they were trying as much as they usually do. Hmm. Not on their sketch comedy. Like they, so part of what makes their sketch comedy work, I think, is that they come up with these humorous situations. Like there's one sketch where Dave Foley plays a serial killer that is like very polite. Like he comes, he's dressed in a suit, he knocks on an old lady's door and he's like, yeah, do you have a, um, do you have an axe? It's so, like, I was just, uh, you know, next door with your friend, with your neighbors, uh, you know, the, the Petersons or whatever. It's so, like, and my axe handle or my axe just flew right off my <laughs> my handle. And like, she's she's like, oh, I've got, uh, you know, like, uh, you know, this. And, and he's like, mm, that's a, you know, that's a hatchet. You know, I'm not really like, and she's like, what about this? And she hands him a knife and he's like. I'm an axe murderer. I don't, you know, (laughs) and it's just like, it's a very humorous situation, right? And I think that's where a lot of their humor is derived from. But when you write a movie that has to have a, you know, like a forward momentum plot, it's hard to really contrive the situations, you know, like when you write a movie or you write a book or something like that, you can't say like, this happens and then this happens, and then this happens, and then this happens. That's, like, that's a boring, terrible, you know, screenplay or a book or whatever. Mm-hmm. What you have to say is, like, this happens, therefore this happens. Or this happens, so then this happens. Right. Or this happens, but just in spite of that, this happens kind of thing. You have to, there has to be connection there, right? Between, it's causality, basically. There has to be causality in your your movie. And this one, and it has it. Like, every thing, you know, everything that happens, every scene that happens comes very directly from the scene before it. Uh, and that's good. And there's a couple times where they try to, like, stray a little bit from that. And I don't think they do so with very good results. Like, at the beginning, we go through this vignette of, all these different characters and everything. Right, Just, which, which was weird. Yeah, it's weird if you haven't seen the show. Like, you haven't seen the right. show, so it's weird. Um, but I think it kind of is supposed to establish, like, hey, these people are going to be paying, playing multiple characters. So get used to that idea okay. of these people playing multiple characters. Very few of them come back. I thought the guy that was, like, the clinically depressed German guy that was explaining his life, and, mm-hmm. like what makes him so sad and stuff in German. And then the therapist is like, I don't speak German. <laughs> I thought he was going to come back because, you know, the the drug and everything, but he never does. Yeah, it's um, weird. But the one guy that does is the, the rock star guy. Yes. The heavy metal, you know, goth kind of like, you know, I'm depressed and I'm going to sing songs about depression and stuff. Mm-hmm. And later he has taken the drug and he talks about this like happiness and everything, and then he wins this award, and they kind of connect it because uh Kevin McDonald's character, the inventor of the drug, is presenting an award at this thing, so that's how they connect it but that's clearly like uh just a side thing like this is a you know little uh detour, and they did it for that you know to make the sketch and you laughed a couple I heard you laughing a couple yeah. of times. At the stuff in the sketch. So, I mean, it was kind of funny. But, I don't know, I think it could have been... If they were going to do that the few times that they did that, I think it could have made more of an impact. It could have been more funny. Like, they should have supercharged some of those. It really make sure that you're doing really funny skits that, that aren't in service to the plot.
1: Yeah, I can see that.
0: Uh, and they didn't really do that. And, uh, like I said, a lot of their humor... There's a few things where... Uh, like Dave Foley's going up in an elevator and it's an open elevator and it's like some exclusive party and he's like trying to, to continue to look as the elevator goes up. Like he's, he's bending his neck down and then he eventually gets down on the, you didn't even notice this, did you? Get, oh yeah, no, I did. I did. And then he gets down on the ground of the elevator. And it's like, I chuckled. So that's that,
1: a sincere reaction from me. Oh, I know.
0: <laughs> that kind of stuff I think works. They did like these people did a lot of like good physical stuff in the background. There's some uh, sort of subtle kind of jokes where uh, he's the the guy the the head of the company is pointing his finger at Mark <laughs> McKinney and he's like, "Don't touch my finger," you know. And then later he's like uh, he's like you know stop doing you touching and all he's doing is like slapping his finger away from his face. And then later we see him in this huge comical. Uh, Brace—that's yeah. like his fingers immobilized and everything—and they didn't really make a big deal about that. So
1: it was a kind of funny, I guess. Yeah, it
0: was like subtle humor, but there, it, there wasn't a lot of humor in this movie. But, but it was entertaining, though. There was a lot of good ideas. Yeah, it was.
1: It was not a bad plot at all. Um, I, I was surprised. I expected it to be over-the-top comedy without as good of a plot.
0: Yeah, and it definitely wasn't that. They focused on the story. They said, let's write a good story, and that was definitely their focus.
1: I would give it, you know, like above average for a comedy.
0: I think it could have stood another round of editing. Okay. I think they could have taken another pass at it, like one or two other, kind of like the drug, that needed more testing before they released it, I think they could have spent a little more time on this before they released it. Because they, they nailed a good story. I think it's a good, entertaining story framework. I think they could have gone through and punched it up with some more jokes, with some more humor, somehow, you know, woven into the plot. Like I said, though, it's hard, because some so, so much of their humor is situational. Yeah. And that's hard to do in a movie.
1: Yeah, I think they did the best they could with what they had going on. Yeah, but
0: uh, you know, I mean, I would probably still recommend people seeing it. Seeing it, I think it's definitely worth it.
1: I'd wait for it to come out on video. Oh why?
0: well, that's terrible of you.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> but speaking of video, yeah, the other movie we saw was a video. I don't know how we missed this movie. It was so good in the theater.
1: Very amusing.
0: You liked this one better, huh? I did.
1: Okay. Empire Records.
0: Empire Records. Tell us about it.
1: So we had uh, Liv Tyler, Aerosmith's daughter.
0: Yep, the entire band's daughter.
1: <laughs> okay. one Steven day, Tyler's one,
0: daughter. One day all the band. <laughs> they they produced a specimen in a cup.
1: <laughs> Russian <laughs> they, roulette. They
0: impregnated, a. a they, they put it inside a woman and they said, we don't want to know who,
1: whose it is. <laughs>
0: Ew! Like, it's my two dads' style. Someone the judge knows, but she won't tell Olivera Smith who it is.
1: Gross. <laughs> um, and Renee Zellweger. Yes, who was
0: in uh, Dazed and Confused? Okay. A couple years ago.
1: Those are the only two I know. But
0: I'm surprised you know her. To be honest, yeah. I mean, like I know you saw Dazed and Confused, but it's not like she's a name or
1: anything. Mm-hmm. Well, you know she's a pretty girl. I've hated Dungeon. <laughs> <laughs> I paid
0: attention. She's got a weird face.
1: So does Liv Tyler. No, I don't think so. Liv Tyler has gigantic lips like her dad.
0: Well, like one of the members of Aerosmith, maybe.
1: <laughs> and, or is it like
0: a junior situation where they took all the best, all the best uh, parts of each guy? There you and go. Created a, 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 a woman.
1: <laughs> but. Okay, so this is a record store. What is? Empire Records.
0: Oh, the movie.
1: Yeah. The movie's a record store. It I'm takes sure. place in a
0: record store. Oh, there you go. All
1: right. <laughs> asshole. And um, it starts out with this kid got uh, the keys and, and was all like, oh, I get to close up tonight. He actually he trusts didn't...
0: me. But... The guy told him to close. He didn't just grab the keys. No, no, it, I know. Was a, it was a battle to see who could get the keys
1: first. Joe. I
0: like, got the keys.
1: Joe, the manager, gave the keys to the guy to close up the store.
0: What was his name again? I can't remember.
1: Uh, I don't know. I want to say Lewis, but I don't know if that's right. No, not Lewis. Mm. Louis. Louis? Any, any, has anybody
0: seen Lucas?
1: Lucas. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah. So, Lucas sees a flyer for... Motown no not Motown. What
0: <laughs> Mr. Barragoni, you're coming in here
1: <laughs> No, some other music store though. Like Uh Music Town. Music Town, some like, you know, franchise.
0: Yeah so he sees- it's, it's it's Tower Records, basically.
1: So he sees this flyer and he's like, oh, no, they're going to turn our our great record store.
0: It's an independent record store open since 1959.
1: And they're going to turn it into this crap.
0: And we get to just do whatever the fuck we want. People fuck in the the booths where you
1: listen to music. Yeah, it's insane. So he decides that he's going to take the day's profits to Atlantic City. $9,000. To try to get money to give to Joe to save the store. Yeah.
0: He wants him to be able to buy the store.
1: He doesn't know anything about what's going on. He doesn't know how much money Joe needs. He doesn't know anything. He's just like, I'm going to go do this. I'm going to go save it. There's a lot of
0: backstory here that is only barely hinted at. Yeah. And I kind of like that, actually. But I think he knows more than than we realize. Okay. He definitely knows more than the audience does.
1: Yeah, for sure. But so yeah, He
0: goes to Atlantic City with nine grand, and he's going to win... He's gonna win uh, enough to save the store,
1: so he does win. Even though he doesn't even know how to play craps, by the way, he's like asking, like, "So I just roll sevens, right?"
0: He roll. He walks in and decides he's act acts all cool and stuff like that. He walks in. He uh, like pulls the arm on a slot machine for some woman, uh, which is very rude, by the way. <laughs> But she hits a jackpot and she's like, "Oh my!" And she looks over at him, and he's walking by, and he goes uh, twenty-two black or whatever, and it comes up twenty-two on roulette, and everyone's like, oh, "Who was that guy?" But it's like, by the way, it was right before it landed, so I mean, he could have kind of <laughs> seen yeah. of the at least the section it was going in. Then he walks up to the roulette table, puts all it puts this puts a, a pile of cash on the pass line. Which is where you bet to say you're going to roll a 7 or an 11 or roll something else and make your point. Uh, But anyway, they don't. He's like, it's $9,000. I counted it twice, which is a joke because Joe told him to count it twice. Right. But no one counts it.
1: Which is ridiculous. The dealers
0: don't count it, they just push chips in front of the money. But keep the money there too. It makes no sense at all yeah. I understand you don't want to you don't wanna stop the movie to have a dealer reach out, grab the money, and then start counting one by one each hundred dollar bill. but I mean,
1: that's not how it works right
0: <laughs> so he uh yeah he he wins, rolls a seven, and he wins, and then he's like. Let's let it ride. Idiot. $18,000, which, by the way, I, that is that above the maximum? Tables have a maximum That's true. betting amounts. Like, and you, a lot of times they'll let you go over that, but they need the pit boss to be like, yeah, he can, he can bet that much.
1: Well, apparently in this fictional casino, all they need is someone to go, hey, we got a high roller here. <laughs> yeah.
0: And it's just one of the dealers, right? Right. It's not even like the, the boxman. Who's like a floor, like a, a guy in a suit, just a dealer, just announces it to the casino. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Someone on the camera is like gives him the thumbs up. All right, high roller.
1: So he loses.
0: All right, all the money.
1: Like an idiot. Yep. Didn't save anything. And that
0: incident is like the inciting incident for the whole movie, basically. Yeah. That and the fact that Rex Manning is coming to this... To this uh record store.
1: Who apparently Liv Tyler's character is just in love with. He
0: was on some T V show in the
1: sixties, I guess. Right.
0: The family way or something like that, or family I don't know.
1: She she used to dream about marrying him. Mm hmm.
0: What is he somebody like is he supposed to be like Danny Bonaducci, maybe? Maybe. I mean, now that, like, I was trying to figure out who they, he doesn't look like Danny Bonaducci. but I was trying to figure out who they could have,
1: like, who it could have been. Based on?
0: Yeah. Or what's his name from the Partridge family, the other one, not Danny Bonaducci, but Carradine. Uh -uh. David Carradine, I think, is his name or something like that. Sure. He was the one that was a teenager. I don't think he's doing anything right now. Like, I don't think he's trying a music career right now. I think Danny Bonaducci is. That's what made me think of him first. Because Danny Bonaducci was like a little, little kid. Okay. But I think, yeah, more like a David Carradine. It's supposed to be that. Or, or like a fucking Andy Gibb. <laughs> Except not dead. Because Andy Gibb's dead.
1: I, mean, he's, I just want to be your everything. He's basically just a washed up has-been who hasn't realized that he's a washed up has-been.
0: Yes. Yeah, exactly. And his fan base is a bunch of middle-aged women.
1: Right. And he's all depressed when he realizes that his fan base is no longer teenage girls. Yeah.
0: And I guess Joe has some previous relationship with his manager or his publicist or whatever she I don't know what the fuck was going on there. Because he... and And I guess that makes sense why he's there at the record store, because they know each other. Yeah. She was like, hey, you know, I want to do this tour with him. Can... We bring him to your record store. And he's like, yeah, fine.
1: That makes sense. So that's part of what's going on is um, they're all excited that he's coming. And um, Joe, and, and they don't explain until the very end of the movie why he is so lenient with Lucas. Joe discovers that Lucas didn't deposit the money when he closed the store.
0: Right.
1: And he tells him to sit on the couch and not to move. Mm-hmm. Well, he figures out what he's going to do with him. And that is the whole movie. Eventually, he gets up, but he's carrying around a cushion. It's kind right. of funny. Yeah, it is funny. Um, But at, like, the end of the movie, we kind of find out that uh, he adopted him or fostered him or something. He's like a son to him.
0: He rescued him from a fucking fought, like yeah. orphanage or whatever.
1: Which is weird because, like, the whole movie, you think that he's just an employee.
0: Yeah, and what else is weird is he's like... My mom turned me into the state when I was ten. Like, like he's a fucking defective product. She was just like, "I'm taking this to returns." Can parents do that? Yes. Can parents just like be like, "I don't want this kid anymore"? Yes. What?
1: Yep. How? how? Why? Like, why is that a thing? What? Well, I mean, it it shouldn't be, but I mean, I guess it's better than like if they know they can't feed them. Or, you but know. But that didn't
0: sound like this was that situation.
1: No, it sounded like he was a little douche and she was getting rid of him. Yeah. But, yes, parents can give up their children. I mean, into that's, a foster system. That's so crazy to me. I mean, it's just like a, it's putting up a baby for adoption. It's just later. I don't
0: want this one anymore. Eh,
1: they can do it. <laughs> it's fucked up.
0: So you could, let's say you have like five kids and you're like, I don't like this one. I'll give get rid of this one. You can do that and keep your other four
1: kids. Yeah, if if the state takes them away, no. But if you're giving them up, yeah.
0: Well, Carol, if we ever get married, mm-hmm. which I know you've said, you know, probably not going to happen. <laughs> but if we ever, never, get, if we ever get married and we have kids, I guess we can just have as many kids as we want. Because if we get a bad one,
1: just give it away. Just give, give them up, right?
0: Just be like you take care of them now.
1: Take them to the baby pound. <laughs> <laughs> the baby pound. Yep. God. Do they
0: euthanize them after a while? <gasps>
1: oh, my God. They don't? They don't? No. no yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> you know, the, the, like those shelters have incineration days. Holy shit. And no
1: it just did. <laughs> have you ever heard the term ward of, ward of the state?
0: Uh, only when referred to Robin. Batman's ward.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, that's kind of what it means. Like, the state's responsible for them because there's nobody parent, else who his is.
0: parents died in a tragic, uh, you know, acrobatic accident.
1: <laughs> right. It happens. Because of
0: the Joker or something, I don't know what the fuck happened.
1: I don't know about acrobat accidents, but it happens.
0: Wow, crazy. So what did you think of the movie? You said you liked it. I did. All right, well, tell me why.
1: Um I really enjoyed like the relationships that they you know the characters had and I mean it's a movie that's just basically about people with a story to highlight those people and that's about it and those are the kind of movies I love best.
0: It's kind of just hanging out.
1: Yeah. Like yeah, you feel like you just spent the day with these people.
0: I mean, it's there's a plot where they you know they they need the money and shit like that mm-hmm. and the the owner of the place is like, you know, breathing down Joe's neck because he wants his money and all that shit, and they're going to turn it into a music town. But we don't spend a lot of time on that, on on the money thing. Right. And then when they do, the solution to it is so just – it's like out of a 70s TV show, <laughs> basically, where it's like, oh, we're just going to have a concert, and like, hey, save Empire Records – and and people just donate like 5 20 bucks at a time into a fish bowl.
1: It wasn't a concert, it was a rave.
0: A rave. Yeah. No, it wasn't. Yeah. Why was it a rave? Okay, first of all, what do you think a rave is? <laughs> and, and then tell me what made this a rave and not a concert.
1: Um, okay. It wasn't a band. It was just those people Hanging out oh, it wasn't and a band. playing and singing. It wasn't a band. It wasn't a band. Renee Zellweger didn't sing a song. She did. But I'm saying they weren't a pre What are you talking about?
0: That's a band. They didn't know There they, was a drummer and a guitarist and a bass guitarist and a singer. That's not a band.
1: But they didn't announce that they were having a concert. They announced that they were having a rave or a party. Maybe it was just a party. I don't know, but it was... What's a rave? A rave is an underground dance party.
0: Okay, so when you have it on the open streets outside of a record store, is it a rave? Mm, No. Yeah, there you go.
1: Whatever, it wasn't a concert. They just sang a song because that was like her dream that they talked about earlier. I'll
0: give you a party, I guess. It was a party.
1: Yeah. With a cover. No,
0: no cover. It was free. Donations. Oh uh, okay. I'm asking for donations. No but the one and then girl they sold beer for five dollars.
1: And the one girl put on the sign twenty dollars though. First it was ten dollars and she's changed it to twenty dollars. Donations. Uh, well that's not a donation. I guess it's
0: like when you go to the DIA and they're like uh hey it's free to come into the DIA and then they stand right next to the donation box and they're like uh if you want to donate this is right by the entrance. Right. You can't pass me or us without our judging eyes looking <laughs> at you if you don't put anything in that fucking box.
1: Well, yeah, and when they say it's a donation and they tell you how much, like, like when you do like the cars, you know, through the lights, and then they like say what? Kinda, it's so much per car, but a it's halluc- a donation.
0: Was this a hallucination you had? A car <laughs> through the lights. No. What does that
1: mean? <laughs> There's a light show where you drive your car through the <laughs> Just n- Never mind. Just never mind.
0: How much LSD did you take before the light show, Carol? What are you talking about? There's a light show where you drive cars through lights. So someone shines like a spotlight and you, no, you drive right through Christmas, that spotlight. It's
1: Christmas lights. Oh, okay. It's Christmas scenes and lights and On you drive the Past them. On the side of the road. Not through them. I got you. And they say donations, and mm-hmm. they have an amount listed, and I don't think that's right, because it should just be however much you want. Plus, well, like I might give them amount. a $20 bill, but if they say donations $4, then you know what? I'll probably give them
0: $4. Yeah, I understand. I get both sides. I get what you're saying, and I get why they put an amount, because they don't want people to be like, here's a dollar. I get it. Anyway, so, yeah, they have a... So that that's their solution. They have a party, and then they're, they're able to pay the 9000 And then the guy's like, hey, I don't give a fuck about this place. Why don't you buy it from me? Yeah. And he's like, yeah, sure. And he's and,
1: like, I'll sell it to you cheap.
0: Yeah, and it's like... And that's it. Then that's that's over. That part of the plot is resolved so easily and in no connection to anything else that happens in the movie. Yeah. Because they don't care about it. I mean, it's like, that's something, when somebody wrote this, they went to the studio, and the studio was like, you can't have a movie where people just hang out for for two hours. Something has to happen. There has to be, like, a a reason. There has to be some kind of conflict. And he's like, okay, Uh, opening scene. uh, This guy finds out they're going to sell the Empire Records. And uh, he's like closing scene. They get the money for the Save Empire Records, right? Right. It's like, and that's it. <laughs> Everything else in the the middle of the movie is
1: n- unchanged. Yeah, the middle of the movie is the best part. You know? But that's
0: what I'm saying. Like, that's that's what the movie is. It's just hanging out with with Liv Tyler and Lucas and uh, Renee Zellweger and and that dude, Troy. <laughs>
1: I don't remember. There I don't so remember people. their name. I remember Mark. Yeah. And then there was another minor. girl who came in later who was all depressed and shaved her hair. Yeah. And she'd tried to kill herself the night before. With
0: a lady bick.
1: So weird.
0: That's determination.
1: <laughs> yeah. She had some
0: cuts on her wrist. Yep. She couldn't do
1: it, though. Because it was a lady bick. Yeah. You know, they have safety plastic on those things. Good for them.
0: <laughs> but yeah, that's I mean that's it. That's the episode. No, it is not. What are you talking about?
1: There's more I want to talk about. Well then talk about it. I am. But you're trying to end the show. Well say the stuff. Okay, you so Liv say. Tyler you're there. Fuck off. Fuck you. <laughs> Liv Tyler yeah. goes in and uh, strips off her clothes and just offers herself up like a treat to this uh <laughs> what's his name? <laughs> like a treat. Rex
0: Manning. And he doesn't even care. Rexy, like, you're so sexy.
1: Like, he, he knows,
0: just shrugs. You sure you want to do this?
1: Yeah, and then he just shrugs and unzips his fly.
0: Would you Would you be all over it?
1: Ugh. No, he was
0: gross. What if it was a guy that you, like, let's, I don't know what celebrity you have a crush on, but let's say Johnny Depp. Sure. Let's say you went up to Johnny Depp. Mm-hmm. We're, we're not dating in this scenario. You went up to Johnny Depp and you flirted with him like that, took off your clothes, you're in your underwear, and he looks at you and he's like, are you sure you really want to do this? And you're like, yeah, you know, or whatever. And he's like, all right. And then he does that. He unzips his fly. And he's like, let's rock and roll or whatever. What would you do? You- um,
1: If he seemed as bored and disinterested as this dude did, <laughs> mm-hmm. I would have left too. Yeah. I mean, that was the thing. It was it was so half-hearted. It was basically a rejection without being a rejection. Right.
0: It was like, I'm a guy, so of course I'll get my dick sucked if I can. Right. But I'm not really into it.
1: So, yeah. I mean, that was I felt really bad for her. That was humiliating. Oh, yeah. For sure. And, like, I mean, he didn't even, like, get up and kiss her or anything. Like, he just literally just unzipped his pants. Like, all right, come on. Yep. Ugh. He's slime.
0: Yeah, I agree.
1: <laughs> but what's funny... As we find out later, at first when we see her, she's wearing a red bra and white underwear. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking, oh, my God, can you look any more like a virgin? Your underpants don't match your bra. Right. And then we find out later when she's talking to Renee Zellweger that it was her bra. She had borrowed her bra. Oh,
0: really? I didn't didn't catch that.
1: Yeah, she took off the red bra and threw it at her across the table. Like, here, take this back or whatever. Oh, okay. So, yeah, so it wasn't even her bra. good. I think it would have been better to just wear whatever fucking white cotton bra you had on that match, those ridiculous panties. Um,
0: <laughs> That's something only you would notice.
1: <laughs> and then Renee Zellweger gets mad at her because she basically calls her a whore. And, uh, she does. She goes and has sex with him. And he's way more into her. Well, yeah. Why? I don't know. You're just like, of course. Why? Uh, she's They're had- both sexy. She has more of a
0: slutty attitude.
1: You think that that matters, like to him? All right,
0: not to everybody, but to a guy like Rex Manning.
1: Because yeah, imagine he's seen- it.
0: Since he's been a teenager, this dude's been famous on the road. You know, women for days in the '60s, right? And then through the '70s, this
1: with the don't. bushy, bushy uh, time. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right before lady bix were invented. <laughs> But, yes, I mean, he's seen it all. He's been through the jungle.
1: Yes. (laughs) Yeah, so the idea of getting his dick sucked by a virgin, probably not.
0: Right. Oh, you're going to use teeth? Okay, of course.
1: Right. (laughs) But there's another guy there that's totally in love with her, and they end up together at the end, so it all works out.
0: Yeah, good for them. He, t- he picks the exact wrong moment to confess his love to her. Yeah,
1: right after this happened, right after she got rejected, and she's crying on the roof. He's like, "Hey," and hey, I got to see He doesn't even like look. Like if he looked at her for a second, if he paid any attention to her, he would have known. But he was way too fucking into his own self. Yeah, dick.
0: <laughs> you you said it was okay. You 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 gave making excuses for him when we were watching it. Well, I said that, and then you
1: were like, "Yeah, but." Uh. But, yeah, I mean, I understand why it happened because he worked himself up into it. But he's still kind of a dick.
0: All right. Well, they end up together. Yeah. Because he goes to school in Boston or whatever. Like, yeah, th- this really is just a hangout movie. There's so much about like what's going to happen with them after this that the movie does not care about right. at all.
1: Oh, and like she's a she's a speed addict. They just kind of barely oh, yeah, touch on that. That's true.
0: They don't. They don't they don't mention that at all. They mention it once, but like they don't Yeah, nothing gets resolved with that.
1: Yeah. And and she like freaks out and starts screaming at one point and then the other girl who tried to kill herself is like, Hey, I know what it's like to be crazy, I'll take care of you. Yeah. And dips her head in water. Like, that's a thing. Um It's a thing. Yeah. So it was weird. Oh, and then they have a funeral for the girl who tried to kill herself. <laughs> Yep. Like, they're trying to, um, like, I don't know, make her feel loved? I, I really don't know. It's weird.
0: I don't know. They they barely talk about her at her funeral.
1: Right? I mean, that would make me want to go kill myself more. <laughs> right. They're all a bunch of dicks.
0: Yeah. And then Warren exists.
1: Oh, Warren. I forgot about Warren. God, I love this movie. We should go back and see it again.
0: Okay. Go back where to Blockbuster?
1: Yeah. Warren shoplifts. <laughs> yep <laughs> <laughs> and he's just like a fly on the wall the whole time observing all the craziness and then the police come for him and he's like oh, I'll be back I'll get you and then he comes back with a fucking gun
0: yeah
1: and um it's not a real gun though
0: it's a real gun but he loaded with blanks where do you buy blanks um,
1: like where did he get blanks probably a prop store where where Well, they're in L.A. No, they're not. Oh, where are they?
0: Yeah, they're in L.A. and he drove to Atlantic City in one night. Where's Atlantic City? In New Jersey. (laughs) The entire other side of the country. Okay. They have to be like in New York or more likely in New Jersey.
1: Okay. Well, maybe he went to New York to get the blinks at a prop store. Where? A prop store.
0: Okay, you've... (laughs) You say that like it's just the easiest thing in the world to do is to find a fucking prop store with blanks.
1: If you know where to go.
0: <laughs> I don't buy that Warren would know where to go.
1: Well, maybe he would surprise Warren, you. Warren, Warren, Warren's
0: shoplifting fucking Whitney Houston
1: scenes. He doesn't know shit. He's a little wannabe thug. Yeah. Wasn't he in that one movie that we watched, uh, Kids? No. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) He kind of looks like the asshole in Kids.
0: No, he's not that
1: guy. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. But yeah, this is a really good movie. Go rent it.
0: All right, yeah, do it.
1: Because it's awesome. We're awesome and you're awesome.
0: On that note, (laughs) (laughs) that's it for the week. Tell people...
1: Uh, check out our website at www.RetroLateFee.com. You
0: can buy blanks there.
1: <laughs> Write us at LateFee1994 at AOL.com. Mm-hmm. And tell a friend.
0: That's right. Go to Patreon.com slash RetroLateFee and see all of our, our, our bonus content there. Yeah. All right. We'll see you next time. Bye.
1: Bye.